Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. Welcome to a podcast from Joy's jazz show, Bent Notes. Tune in live each Sunday night at joy.org.au. My special guest on Bent Notes is an improvising trumpet player who is well known on the Sydney jazz scene as an improviser and a composer. He works with what he calls an exploratory palette of sounds across a range of projects, including a project called Delay 45. It is my pleasure to bid a very warm welcome a very warm welcome back to Bent Notes to Trumpeter Tom of Genicos. Welcome, Tom. Thank you so much for having me, and it's uh, it's great to be back. It's lovely to have you back on the show, Tom. We look forward to the opportunity when you might be in Melbourne on a Sunday night, not working, and be able to pop into studio. Ah, <laughs> yeah, it's always 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 tricky, um, you know, with the calendar and things. It is indeed coming interstate, but yeah, yeah. One day. One day indeed. Now, when we last spoke, you talked about starting to improvise when you were younger by playing along with Jamie Abersold's Play Along Books. Was that process much different to what you and so many jazz musicians do every day when you play along and improvise along with someone else uh, in the studio or on the stage? <laughs> yeah, very, very different. Jazz and, and improvising, it's, it's all about playing with other people, isn't it? It, it is. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's such a in-the-moment thing and the environment, the people that you're playing with, it, it all uh, impacts performance. So, yeah, it's quite different to the Jamie Abazol backing tracks. But, uh, but, you know, having said that, it's a, it's a fantastic training ground, those, those old backing tracks. I, I still occasionally uh, whip them out and practice a few little things. Do you really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you, yeah. what do you what do you pull them out for? What what is it specifically that you're going to practice that your mind says there's something in there worth looking at? For me, it's uh, mostly sort of fundamentals. Like for example, working on time, maybe working on uh, a certain song, maybe even something as simple as learning to play really fast. Mainly technical things and using that sort of really blank slate that you get from the backing track, it, it provides you a, with, a, with a good uh, opportunity to work on those things. When you're learning to improvise, are you also building at the same time, while you may not realise it, your own library of riffs or little improvisatory tunes that you use? And do you hear yourself using the same riff or rhythm or note sequence over and over again as you proceed through various bands and, and groups? Mm-hmm. I think everyone sort of has their own improvising language. Uh, we all have sort of little little riffs, or, or we call them licks. We all have our own little licks um, that, that we play, whether, whether um, consciously or, or unconsciously. And there's sort of just things that are under your fingers that allow you to be able to play in the moment. I think sometimes things can happen so quickly, it's um, often really difficult to think of something on the spot. So often we'll just revert to something that we already know. Sometimes it may necessarily not be a good thing, but sometimes it might be a, yeah, sometimes it might be a good thing, sometimes it might be a bad thing. It all depends, doesn't it? 
Is that a little bit like learning by rote? So you, you learn your times tables so that when you get to a, a challenge somewhere of working something out, it just pops into your mind. Are, are those licks similar type things that the mind knows which one fits which spot? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, exactly, that's exactly it. it. For me, sometimes it almost fills in space while, whilst, I'm, whilst I'm sort of thinking about what to play. You don't want to just leave sort of silence because it can ruin the flow of music. One of my trumpet teachers, Bill Slater, always used to liken it to um, Tetris. Like people who are really good at Tetris, the shape's coming down and they sort of keep flipping the shape around and around and around to see where it fits. So I think it's a, a little bit like that, where you're sort, of, you're sort of just playing something that you know because you're, you're trying to think about what's going to happen next. I love it. That's a perfect example. You also describe yourself as having an exploratory palette of sounds. Now, I assume that when you say palette of sounds, that's different to these licks. What mm. is that palette of sounds? What, because a trumpet's a trumpet. The first thought mm. in your mind is a trumpet sounds like something specific, but you're pretty much saying that you have a range of sounds you can get out of that trumpet. Mm. Well, one of the things that first attracted me to the trumpet was how easy it is to actually change the sound because we use our body very differently compared to, say, like a piano or a guitar or even a drum kit where the sound is sort of made already for you. For example, you pluck a, a string on a guitar and then the string sort of vibrates and resonates for you. There's, there's sort of only so much you can do with that, that sound, whereas on the trumpet, you use your entire body to make the sound. To manipulate the sound, it, it's a lot easier. So just being able to make so many different sounds is one of the things that really drew me to the instrument. And if you think about trumpet players, for example, someone like James Morrison and Scott Tinkler have completely different sounds. Yeah, I think that's something I've always tried to tap into because that's what the instrument is able to do and try and take advantage of that. Do you have any advice for up-and-coming trumpeters who are thinking to themselves, I'm never going to master this improvisation thing and I only have one sound? <laughs> well, I think, first of all, we never master it. The first, you know, the first step is giving in. Oh, really? <laughs> giving in to the instrument. No, not, I don't mean giving up, but giving in to, you know, the instrument is, you know, Dizzy Gillespie actually always used to say, sometimes I win and sometimes the trumpet wins. So <laughs> it's, it's a, quite a fickle instrument. But um, I think, you know, no, no matter who the trumpet player is, despite all these trumpet players being able to create so many different sounds, the fundamentals are always really, really important. So just continue, continuing to work on creating a really good sound is, is a great start. Once you can do that, I think being able to manipulate the sound is a lot easier because a lot of creating a good sound is, is about learning control, sort of controlling your air, controlling your embouchure or your muscles and all those sort of things. So, yeah, just keep working on those, those basics. I think you'll probably have all the tools you need to manipulate your sound and create the sounds that you want. It sounds like, as in, in life generally, keep your exercises up and uh, you'll improve. That's exactly right. Uh, yeah. Tom, Rex just barked. That means we've got a message. So let me have a look over here. And Mal has a question for you. She says, what do you think of jazz merging with other genres of music? For example, R&B. John Batiste won, uh -huh. won the Grammy 
as a case in point where his music is so popular and well-regarded now in the mainstream. What are your thoughts about jazz merging with other genres of music? It does happen a lot, doesn't it? Mm, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a good question. And jazz has always been such an evolving art form. And for me, jazz is actually just a way of playing music rather than a genre itself. I love it when different influences come into the broad uh, genre that is jazz. It helps music move forward. Yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan of, of people pushing the boundaries. I love your explanation there that jazz is a way of playing as opposed to being an individual genre. Genre, that does make great sense. Yeah, I think um, if you go to any festival, any jazz festival, there's, you know, it's, so, it's such a broad sort of palette of music that, that you would hear. Um, some people may not even call certain acts at a jazz festival uh, jazz, so it um, just goes to show how, how, how broad the genre is. And it's really just about people coming together and creating music in a certain way. That sounds like a perfect answer. And Mel has texted in to say thanks. She greatly appreciates your answer as well. So mm -hmm. thank you for that, Tom. You're very welcome, Mel. We've got a little bit more to chat about, particularly about where the river goes. But before we do that, I'd like to have a little listen to a piece from your latest album. And gee, Delay 45 is, is quick. You've only just released one album and now you're launching the next project. It's amazing. So, <laughs> Yeah, I think, you know, um, the, the funny thing with... You're recording albums is by the time you've recorded an album and, and released it, you're sort of already moving on to the next thing because you've you've been working on that particular thing for you know well, well for this for the last project um Flux we'd actually recorded that in December 2020 so by the time we'd released it we're sort of already moving on to new things so it can be a little bit like that for for artists at time at times but yes we're always very eager to keep on moving the next thing it's a little old hat for you now but new hat for us i've chosen to have a listen to interlude two and we'll continue talking about where the river goes my special guest on bent notes is trumpeter and composer and leader of delay 45 tom of genikos You're listening to a podcast from Bent Notes. Find more podcasts and show blogs at joy.org.au. You're listening to Bent Notes on Joy 94.9, where my special guest is trumpeter and composer Tom of Genikos. Tom, your Delay 45 project has released this new album, and the second album, in February this year. How did you find the tour that you took it on? Because... You took that tour in February, March, which was pretty much straight after lockdowns had released. Did the audiences turn up? Yeah, we, we were really fortunate to, um, to, to get some pretty decent audiences throughout. I think part of that was due to people just being so keen to go out. And I think we were sort of one of the first sort of bands to go on tour post-COVID, post or not post-COVID, I shouldn't say that, because not, not over yet, but um, post-lockdown. Yeah, it was just fantastic to be able to uh, bring the music out to especially regional areas who have really been starved of musical acts 
from the from the big cities. Yeah, overall it was just just really positive, yeah, a really fantastic experience. The album itself, Flux, has obviously been under development for a little while. Was there a main driver that got you putting together that particular album? We've been playing together for quite a long time now. Dave, the bass player, Dave Queen, our bass player, and and Rashan Kamarage, who's the um, piano player, we've actually been playing together since high school. So it's a, quite a long musical relationship. It is. And then uh, together, yeah, and then together at the Sydney Conservatorium, Ashley then um, joined into the band. So we've been developing our our sound together for quite a long time. For this particular album, we made a conscious decision to to abandon the most common jazz format, which is where you play the melody to a song and then all the uh, musicians then improvise along to the harmony of the song and then they play the melody again and then it's the end of the song. So we, we actually made a conscious decision to abandon that format. Instead, we decided to improvise between different compositional figures and, and different compositional ideas and we found that that actually opened up the music a lot more, whereas the more standard jazz format sort of locked us in a little bit. And I think part of that was because we've developed this musical relationship together and we, we understand each other's playing so well. Things that lock us in actually prevent us from creating a sort of or just that creativity, that creative flow that, that we're able to create now in that musical language that we can create together which you only get from playing together through a long period of time, I think. I suppose uh, you must have a, a sixth sense almost, knowing what the other band members are going to play because you've played together for so long. Yeah, I think so. And it's, it's often difficult to, to describe, but as a trumpet player, I think band members just seem to provide this perfect platform for myself to be able to sort of be sort of that lead instrument, and I feel like whilst I'm playing with these with these guys, that that uh, it just comes so easily, and I don't have to fight or anything. It's just that sort of intuitive uh, understanding of each other's playing that you get. Having been down in Melbourne with Flux uh, in I think it was early March, you're bringing the band back on May the sixth, but you you got a brand new batch of work called Where the River Goes, what's different about Where the River Goes to Flux and what are we going to enjoy about it? Ah, well, I uh, wrote, I shouldn't say wrote, I sort of thought of all the um, ideas for this music whilst I was walking my dog down at my local um, my local bushwalk. Oh, right. Um, so, yeah, so every every day going down there, I just find the, the fresh open air and and just that, just that sort of clear headspace, I find that the perfect time just to be able to think of different compositional ideas. A lot of the, a lot of the songs inspired by, not not the, not like the environment itself, but the, but the sort of ideas that the environment gives you. For example, it's not like the music in the music we're trying to represent the actual sound that a river makes, but it's more about the idea of river flowing down a stream and sort of using that as, as a conceptual idea, if that makes sense. It does make sense. You're not, emula you're not trying to emulate the sounds of nature, but you're using them to develop your creative ideas musically. That's, that's exactly right. I think being in that sort of environment gives you a lot of 
evocative um, stimuli to be able to come up with different conceptual ideas. So it's, it's sort of been a different way of writing music for me. Usually I'm just sort of sitting on the piano and, and just sort of letting my fingers wander and, and letting them do what they want. But with this it was, yeah, sort of quite a different way of writing music for myself. Is, and, is it uh, through composed yeah, um, or individual pieces? They are individual pieces, but we're actually going to be improvising through these pieces. So it will be one sort of sort of 50 minutes to one hour long uh, long piece, but with different pieces in, in, uh, in inside of that overarching work. And you'll be taking us on a journey through this bushland walk. That's right, yeah. And, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, especially being able to play in such a beautiful space at the Recital Centre. I'm really looking forward to it. You're in the Primrose Potter Salon. It's an immersive experience where the river goes, using your shared improvisational language that allows your conversations to take place as you uh, you travel through this 50 minutes. Yeah, that's right. I hope um, I hope everyone can um, come along. It's always it's always difficult being an interstate band. You know, we don't we don't have a, a million different friends um, <laughs> like we do in our in our at our home ground. In yes. Sydney. So. Um, yeah, I hope. I really hope we can we can pack out the room and yeah, it's it's. I think it's going to be a highlight for me personally and for the band. I think to to be able to perform in such a beautiful space. We don't get to do that so often. You know, we're usually sort of stuck to the clubs and the, yeah. sort of those the pubs and and bars. So it's really nice to be at, at the centre of of everyone's focus. I think the acoustics of that room, the feel and the warmth of the room is going to be just perfect to support Delay 45 in the style of music that you're going to be presenting. It sounds fantastic. Details about the gig, or should we call it a recital? I'm not quite sure. At the Melbourne Recital no, Centre website. Sure <laughs> melbournerecital.com.au. If you select May 6 on the calendar at 8pm, you'll get all the details about where the river goes from Delay 45. It's a program that explores flow, movement, shape, and landscape. Tom, thank you so much for your time tonight. Thanks so much for having me on. It's a pleasure to be back. Fantastic. I look forward to to seeing you on May the 6th and to hear this brand new work, Where the River Goes, I suppose, as you build a sound palette for us to listen to. <laughs> yeah, I really, uh, I really hope uh, everyone can come along and um, yeah, enjoy the journey with us. Tom, thank you very much. We're going to have a listen to another piece from Flux. It's called Hindsight. You're listening to Bent Notes on John 84.9, where my special guest has been trumpeter and composer and leader of Delay 45, Tom Ogenikos. been listening to a podcast from bent notes join us live each sunday night on joy 94.9 this podcast was produced by joy media you can support joy's diverse sound and diverse community this june by donating to joy radiothon 2024 go to joy.org.au slash radiothon and remember we all flourish with joy 